Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hello, Matt. Hey, Mike. Nice to see you again. It's nice to see you, too. We, we were we were talking about the Beatitudes. We we were. Yeah, last time, and we stopped on uh, righteousness. Yes, injustice. Yep. And is the way yours reads. Right. And so now we're moving on to the next one. We're going to, yeah, we're going to continue uh, trying to read through these. It's a very interesting concept to apply in, in your life in this world. Um, yeah. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Yeah, so if someone wrongs you and you don't retaliate in a really harmful way or any way, that's a good thing. Is that right? Uh, you know, the the meaning of mercy in the biblical sense, and I believe with God, is not getting what you deserve. Right, I would I would agree. So not getting what I deserve. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily how I always take it. Like I'm always like, oh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lift their their troubles off of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know. Not getting what I deserve. So sometimes the mercy is forgiveness. Right. Well, you know, let's say that, let's say we're good buds and uh, I lie to you and not like a little white lie, I significant lie that upsets you. How would you handle that? I'd call you out. Okay. <laughs> Say you're lying. Why are you lying to me? What's going on? Yeah. I don't like that. And I continue to lie. And I say, no, I'm not lying. Well, we might have to have a, a moment of separation. <laughs> so is that being merciful? You're, you're not going to be my friend anymore because I lied to you? Uh, well. Doesn't sound very merciful. Well, I'm not hitting you. True, but you're you're giving me this punishment that we can't hang out anymore because I lied. Well, can't just... I can't accept the 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 lying as part of something in my life. Right. Well, you can't overlook it for the sake of our friendship. Isn't that being merciful? That's being passive. Well, aren't you supposed to be meek? That's submissive to God. Oh. Well, Let's hope it never comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I think of 
blessed are the merciful. I always think of the parable that Jesus tells about the ruler and his tenant. And the tenant owns him like 10,000 talents, right? It's some yeah, impossible I like that amount. one too, right? And he calls the, the worker, the tenant or the servant or whatever. He calls him up and he says, hey, you owe me this. I need it now. And since you can't pay me, I'm going to sell you and your wife and your children and the generations after you into slavery until you can pay off this debt. Right. And the servant falls down, begs for mercy. Yes. And the the ruler takes has compassion, takes pity on him, whatever, and lifts the debt completely. Yeah. Then that same guy walks out on the street, finds a dude that he works with that owes him like, you know, a few cents and demands to have that paid to him immediately. And when he, this guy can't pay, he does the same thing that the one who had the big debt lifted off of him did. He falls down and he asks for mercy and says, I'll pay you back as soon as I can. I'm working at it. He strangles him. He has him arrested and, and thrown in no jail. Way. Yeah. And then, until you can pay me. And then right. the other people that he works with goes and tells the ruler and the ruler says, I had mercy on you. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow man? Right. And since you did not have mercy, he throws him into the jail until everything can be paid down to the penny. Right. Mercy. What God has done for me, I can do for others. And... Yeah, and it's hard to look at yourself that way. It's like you look at people, like I look at people that have hurt me in the past, and I say, man, it's really hard to forgive them. And then I've heard, you know, God's voice say, you know, have you... As as what they did to you, is that worse than what you've done to me? Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I've done a lot worse to you, God. I've and I have. And I you know, it's I I I've been much more sinful towards God than they my enemies have been to me. I I would I would imagine, yeah. Well, and sometimes I think we we think of mercy as wiping the slate clean. In our lives, there's something about all of this that is way deeper than just a phrase. And that's something that's really hard to understand, especially in our culture. We don't think the way the Eastern mind thought or thinks even today. I've had conversations. I'm from Nebraska. It's crazy. But I've had conversations with people from the Middle East. And their way of thinking and their lifestyle is so completely different than mine that sometimes it's hard to even understand what they're saying. Not talking about the language barrier, because you can get by that with anything. You have translators and all this, but um, just the way they think and, and that they think that's a given, it's hard to come to an understanding sometimes of life in general. Do you have a more specific example that you're thinking of? Uh, the domination of men. Okay. The male, the male hierarchy. Right. How's that? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, women are to be submissive and do as I say and make babies and keep my house. Right. And and that's their lot in life. They're, they don't need to learn anything. They don't need to have a say in any part of government or, or legal situations. They take care of my kids and they make sure that I have food and they make sure that my house is uh, in order. And don't go out on the sun deck in a bikini. And it's, yeah, it's hard to understand, especially when you see American culture. Like, you people in America are crazy. 
So you look at that and you say, okay, let's 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 look at this from a maybe a little bit different perspective and and try to understand it from there. So my relationship has a lot to do and deal with what is merciful. Merciful isn't wiping the slate clean. It's saying, I don't have to hold this against you. But I don't also have to let you in my life to hurt me again, to abuse me again, to lie to me again, because, well, you haven't repented of what you've done. You're still living actively in this destructive way, and you haven't repented, and I don't want to go that way with you, but I can have mercy on you and forgive you while still stepping into the path that God has for me and letting you go your own way. Right. kind of goes so, back to your whole, if I tell you a lie, are you going to cut my friendship because of it? Well, are you repenting of your lie or are you wanting to live in lie? Okay, well, let's say that I don't repent and then say, so that affects our uh, that affects our relationship enough where you don't continue it in its current capacity. It may not be able to be the same. Okay, so, but then let's say... That I finally come around and I, in a year or two, and I repent and say, yeah, I was lying. I'm really sorry. Mm. And then say, now are we just all buddy-buddy again? And then we're just like it was before? And then I have to deal with my humanity. See, I see. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You, I don't know that you can go back again. It and that's, seems, the, that's the other thing. Especially is, if a significant amount of time has passed. Uh, right. Your, your relationship has changed. Yeah. The circumstances have changed and other factors your, might be involved. Your whole life has changed. Right. It's like, well, I think one. Of I the, wish you would have done this after two weeks instead of two years. Right. Or I, 10 I or whatever. I don't know. Um. We're never going to get any of this perfect, and I want to say that. I don't know that we've said that. I know we have in the past, but reading through this, this is God's perfect plan for our life, but we're not perfect. Right. We can't be perfect. This is, this is, Jesus is the example. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life, and he is the one who leads us and guides us and teaches us through his Holy Spirit in how to become more and more like him with faith in the Father in order to live a different life than what we were called, what we were living in sin. Yeah. And so uh, I'm going to get this wrong. In fact, I'm pretty sure I got some of this wrong today. <laughs> but we're trying. I'm yeah. called to right. something bigger than myself, and I am called to walk this out um, and, and try to, like we said in the last episode, ingest this, digest this, meditate on this. When something comes up in my life, is this going to be the first thing I think of or is retaliation going to be the first thing I think of? Where is my heart? And that's, I think that's the biggest part of, of diving into this and saying, here's what I think he's saying. But we also know that when we read further on again, as when he restored Peter after Peter denied him three times, that his heart is to call us up. He wants us to have a better life, and he knows we're going to screw it up. Are you going to come back to him, or are you going to go and hide? You know, and I think that dovetails nicely to the next one. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, mm. for they will see God. How do you keep a pure heart and keep it pure all the time? You know what? Here, here's, here's a good one, all right? David. David in the Old Testament. The David, the David who 
was called by God, a man after his own heart. Create me a clean heart, oh God. Well, he, David said that, but God calls David a man after my heart. He's a, he's a man after the heart of God. He gets it, yeah. What did David do? He did some pretty messed up things. Murder. Adultery. Lying. Lied. Covering it up. Lied it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he wasn't perfect. And those are what we get. That's like the biggest one, right, that we get written about in the Old Testament where we're like, oh, yeah, look at what you did, man. But he was still called a man after God's heart. Why? Because he repented. He turned to God. He did. He wrote that psalm. You quoted it. What did it say? Create in, Create me, in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit, a righteous spirit in me. I'm sorry. Help me grow closer to you. What is a pure heart? My Bible in the, in the notes says, The pure in heart are those who have devoted themselves to God and have been freed from sin's power by God's grace. And the grace enables us to please God and bring honor to him by the way we live. Now, this is a lifetime, a lifestyle change, a mindset being transformed. This is something that takes time and devotion and intentionality of, of doing the things that lead me closer to God. I can't just expect him to kind of like we like to say, sit back and, oh, just change my heart. Oh, God, I'm going to do whatever I want, though, and then make me the right person and give me all the money I need. No. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of people look at salvation that way. They're like, well, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And then on my deathbed... <laughs> I will submit to God and ask for forgiveness and get a pure heart. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and I'll then, confess. And then that's that's when, and that's and the wrong way to go about that, I believe. And I'm not saying that God doesn't honor that repentance. Well, know, and he, I, I suppose he, he he might, but I'm if, not the judge of that. But yeah, I also but then know what that happens that's, if you get you know you get in a car wreck and you don't have time to do all that, right? <laughs> and it's also not living your best life. God has your best life in mind, my best life in mind, when I submit to him, when I'm meek, when I submit to him, when I seek after him and his righteousness, when I um, do all these things that he's asking me to do, my best life starts to come out. And he goes, you're on the right way. You're on the right path. This is going to be awesome. Because you and I both know, and we've shared this before, when we tried to do it on our own, it wasn't good. There were moments that felt fun, but it was destructive. And I ruined a lot of things in my life and other people's lives. And it wasn't until I submitted to him and said, okay, I'll finally say yes, that I found what I'm passionate about, what fulfills me, what fills me up, what brings life to others, what gives me good relationships, what restores the ones that I've broken. I mean, my best life has been the last 12 years. Well... Does having a pure heart mean that you've 100% forgiven everyone in your whole life that's ever done you wrong and you don't haul, you don't have harbor any resentment or ill feelings to those people or have unforgiveness in your heart at all but before you die? Is that is that reasonable? I think is that possible is 
do you not go to heaven if you have any, even a, a, a little bit of unforgiveness in your heart? Is that held against you? Here's my opinion. If you've been hurt so bad mm-hmm. and that you can't get over it. Yeah. And that, that you're, you're traumatized. And yeah. And yeah. it's just something that you always think about and that you have this hurt and you haven't been able to process it properly and forgive that person or occurrence or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I'm, real because there's the humanity. Yeah. My, like, are, are you damned is what I'm trying to say. Are right. you damned? I would. Here's here's my two cents on Mike and Matt. <laughs> okay. Are you completely denying forgiveness for them because you want to hold on to that? Or are you actually seeking out ways to help you process through that and come to a place where you can find forgiveness for them? I think there's a difference. It's the same as repentance. If I know that I am holding that grudge and I want to hold it because I want to see them suffer I think there's a problem with that. And I think that creates a problem in our lives. Now, if I can't, if I'm seeking out a way to process through this, if I'm trying, if I'm trying to ask for a softer heart, if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, we need professional help a lot of times for something that that is that traumatic. Are we, um, are we processing through it with people that can help us to, mentally and emotionally get through it are we are we trying to let go of it i think that's different than wanting to be the one to bring revenge the wanting to be the one that celebrates in their suffering if it ever happens let's assume that you went down the other path the path you shouldn't go down <laughs> and you went and you took revenge and you did what your heart wanted you to do and that would scratch this itch or whatever would it be enough to ask for forgiveness no would it be would it be it would getting revenge in whatever capacity that was would then that take the weight off of you i don't think so i don't think it does i, think I don't that's think it why does why we i don't i don't think it's enough and it doesn't it doesn't do it right i think what that's why in our culture Seeking out vengeance is actually creating more problems. Setting the record straight, in theory, I think, in your mind, seems like it would rectify things and getting justice for, like, this happened, so therefore I'm going to do this right. and get back at that person, and it's going to be satisfying to me, and I'm going to be able to let this go. And then it's not. And then you then then it happens, because mm-hmm. I've done it. And it says, well, you know what? <sighs> yeah, I guess I even things out, but... I'm still not very happy about it. Right. Or it wasn't and enough. I still have, or I just, yeah, I still have this hurt about it. I still it. have the hurt, and now I have yeah. a bigger hurt because I actually don't like the fact that I hurt this person. Yeah, and then I, I did something that I really probably shouldn't have done. Right. But they deserved it. <laughs> I and, don't, I, but and how, who am I to say they deserved it? What do I, I deserve? Right, then once exactly. again, you go back to, hey, what, is, what do you deserve? What do you deserve? What do I deserve? Mm, mercy. Ooh, yeah, I know. Good touch there, man. Mm-hmm. So blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And you said it at the very beginning. What have what have what has God not given me that I deserve? Right. Because if He wants to sit there and play tit for tat, uh, you know, my ledger's long. Yeah, mine, mine too. Mine's extensive. 
So and and, and God says, "Vengeance is mine. Justice is mine. I am the judge." Yeah. Not then you. once again, that's her's this thing. Oh, in the future, in the future, in the future, in the end. Sometimes, yeah, Sometimes like, it will be. Yeah. It's like you know, and you I, don't I want see to, anything. I'd like you. I'd like you to handle these things now, Lord. I'd, I'd like, to, like you. I'd like satisfaction now. And he. As much as is that too much to ask? Is that unreasonable to ask? I don't think it's unreasonable to ask. I think you ask him whatever it is that you need to ask him. But then it's the meek, the submissive. I will submit to you, God. How many times did David write in Psalms, God, kill my enemies, wipe them off yeah. the face of the earth, let them gnash their teeth out of their gums and all this. I mean, he and, was very, very descriptive. And David, I think, was kind of a vengeful guy. I mean, there's a lot of times in there that he's... He took care of his enemies. And but he, many yeah. times. And he would have assassins go after his enemies, and he'd kill the assassin, too. Many times, though, he sits back and goes, God, your justice, your right. your way, your will. I will, I will submit to what it is that you will have done. And so I think you can ask him anything, but ultimately is am I going to submit to what he tells me? There's a lot of that. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful. Hmm, we just hit a whole bunch right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that dovetails again. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Work for peace. Why don't you read that from your version? Blessed are the peacemakers, which is probably a little more familiar for most readers. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Okay, and so... Working for peace and being a peacemaker, I think those are different things. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. some people could say work for peace is maybe don't stir up the water and don't do anything, don't say anything. Something bad happens and then just let it go. Well, and I think then, that's peacekeeping. Well, peacekeeping. Okay, then the, I think peacekeeping and peacemaking are different things. I agree. So peacemaking might be get down there in the middle of it and 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 hash it out. And group or whatever with so the with the parties that are uh, upset, you know, and it might get ugly. Probably will get messy. Yeah, peacemaking. Again, in in my Bible, I'm I'm reading out of a fire Bible, FYI. But okay. the five nine, the peacemakers, it says those who have been reconciled to God, restored to a right relationship with Him. In in, in other words, peace with God is available for anyone who accepts the sacrifice Jesus made. And those who have peace with God will make every effort to show that peace to others, including their enemies, and to bring others into a relationship of peace with God. Now, if I'm making peace, and that's a whole, I think that's a whole different thing, but then I'm going to go out and beat your head in until you submit to my will. Yeah, yeah. Sharing the gospel, again, we look at Jesus, right? Jesus was the peacemaker because he brought us the reconciliation with God. He's the way, his blood, way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through him. He is the ultimate first and only peacemaker because God sent him. And we have peace through Jesus with God. What does it look like to show the peace of God to those on earth, especially, okay, our enemies? Hard conversations, disagreement on the ways of the world and the ways of the kingdom, being able to have those conflicts and not 
resort to unforgiveness, holding a grudge, uh, vengeance. What is a peacemaker? doesn't mean that I sit back and passively let people say whatever they want to say and just try and make sure nothing explodes. It's aggressively going out into the world with the gospel of Jesus to help bring others into a relationship with God and to bring reconciliation in all things. Reconciliation with God brings reconciliation to relationships many times, to uh, emotional status, to uh, just so many things as you start to have that rightness with God. All these things can start to heal. doesn't mean everything heals, but it means that the healing starts. But I'm not being passive. I think, you know, getting in there and getting your hands dirty and finding the, getting the two conflicting sides together and banging it out. I mean, they think that's, that's peacemaking. Yeah. I can imagine. I just, I love to, I love to, you know, I watch The Chosen. I love that show. And it gives you this perspective of the lifestyle of the Israelites. And we always forget about Simon, the zealot. What was a zealot? You know, an extremist, someone who was willing to fight for what they believe. Against the government. Against the government, yes. They were fighting the Romans. Right. He was an assassin, essentially, to go after and try and disrupt all Roman rule. They were waiting for uh, the freedom of the oppression of their enslavers, essentially. I can imagine that the things that Jesus was teaching went against everything that the zealot had learned. Right. The The guys who got holed up in Masada for several years were zealots. Mm, yeah. And the ones that, yeah. They were zealots. So Jesus. How much, how, was it, how long was it? Was it, was it? Two I years? Was it two exactly. years or was it seven years? I don't remember. It was exactly. a long time when they fought off the Romans. Right. And yeah, they had a, that was a pretty awesome place. It was very that. awesome. But you can imagine uh, what that would have been like. The conversations that I'm sure Jesus had with him, the arguments maybe in conflict of, uh, you don't bring peace like that, Jesus. Here's how you bring peace it's with my knife. From my cold, dead hand. Yeah. (laughs) And Jesus is saying, no, it's about a right relationship with God. It's about bringing peace and reconciliation to the relationships on this earth. It's about having your best life, your uh, wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. That's the peace. And Masada was no longer than six months. Although many people believe it was three years, but it was six months. Yeah, I heard years. Well, what is that, Wikipedia or something? Yes. Okay. Popular archaeology. They're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll go adjust that later. Okay. Well, yeah, that's another. We'll have to go back to our Israel podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll adjust the Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. There we go. There there we go. go. But it's, I don't know. Peacekeeping is not peacemaking. You're right. Totally agree with that. Right. And I, 
but peacemaking is a lot harder. It's very hard and scary sometimes. And it's I don't a lot want to easier, have that It's a lot easier just to say, hey, it just sit back and let things happen. Hey. Hey, <laughs> let it happen. Why, who am I to get involved in this? Right. Right. But love is actually choosing to call people up into a reconciled life. Love is having a hard conversation, drawing a boundary if things are are going the wrong direction. I mean, it it peacemaking isn't isn't simple. No, it's, it's not everything it's, being quiet. It's conflict resolution, mm, and that's hard. that's hard. Yeah, I mean, getting into a room with Putin and Zelensky and saying, "Let's hammer this out," right? Without killing, without fists, without, and without without weapons, without <laughs> bombing each other, and try that. Yeah, that. I'm sure that would be a long, that long would, conversation. That would be a hard conversation, I'm yeah. sure. And then humanity comes in, and it may not be reconcilable. It's and, irreconcilable. We I have mean, to settle this on the, on the battlefield. There right. is there's so much to some of this that we, you know, I want to say, well, these words say this, and so this is this, and this is that. And... It's more than that. It's it's a lifestyle. It's dealing with humanity. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's the, the the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can't do this under your own power. You cannot do this if I just try harder. This is because of a relationship with God, being reconciled with him and, and Jesus is my Lord and savior. I have the power of his spirit to guide me and teach me and embolden me to live a life that is not the same as, as it was before him. That's profound, man. It's, and it is, and that's the depth of the words of Jesus, the depth of the word of God. It's not just something I can say and, and feel good about. This is a lifestyle. This is like Deuteronomy says, meditate on this day and night. Write it on your hearts. Wear it on your foreheads. Put it on your doorposts. Think about this because you have to, you have to let this sink in so that you actually process and reflect on it and, and let it become something that can transform the way you think. Be intentional. It's to be intentional because otherwise the world is is just as intentional of getting us to meditate on the things that are going to distract us and destroy us and take us the wrong way. Think about all the platforms out there in order to get us to think about anything but God. You're a, you're a beautiful human being. You, you know are that? as well. You you're are beautiful. a beautiful human being. You're beautiful. <laughs> you know, we yeah. didn't get very far in our beatitudes. We didn't. There. I think we should call it good there, though. We tend that to. Was a, we tend because we could keep there. we could keep going for another twenty minutes on the next one. That's easily, our website. We could easily keep going. we could keep going. <laughs> Mike can keep going and going and going. Oh, I hope you are enjoying this, listener, and that it is enlightening, maybe getting you to start studying the Sermon on the Mount again, because this is um, so profound. And we're just getting started into the things that Jesus spoke and that he taught his followers. And he teaches us because we also, as believers in Jesus, are his followers as well. So tune in next week. We're going to continue going. We might even get all the way through verse 12. 
Uh, it's debatable, but it, we will it's try. It's debatable, but we're going to keep going. Please write in uh, if you have any questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. We have our email and our call signs for Facebook and X on our uh, pages, on our descriptions. You can write in. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. God bless you. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's Word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.